the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello there, my friends. (laughs) I've been looking forward to this time with... uh, Andrew Hopkins for a long time because he's a fellow ARC bearer. And uh, and his most recent book, when I saw the title of the book, I said, i got to bring him on because this is a topic of one of my earlier books as well. And this, both of them deal with the uh, Ark of the Covenant and how the Ark is to be carried. Andrew, good to have you. Amen. Thank you so much. You know, I hope you don't mind, but we're going to start this thing um, from, a, from a Hebrew standpoint. You know, the Bible talks about... Uh, that the warriors go forth in the blast of the shofar, and then the the musicians go and follow, and, and then the warriors go behind the musicians. So I, I think to illustrate that I brought my shofar, so I'm going to lay a couple of shofar blasts to start this, and this is going to cause the enemy to, to go, oh, something's coming really big, and then uh, we're going to introduce your book, and we see how that is uh, going to equip and arm, if you will, God's yeah. kids to be able to be illustrative of the ark of God's presence within and without. So I'm going to blow the shofar blast, my friends. Get ready, and then we're going to jump on in with Andrew Hopkins and the carriers of the ark. Here we go. That doesn't stir some people up. Uh, I don't know that anything will. I'm, I'm excited, Andrew. Congratulations on this book. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And I strolled through some of the chapters, and I go, I have a sense where he's going with this. Because, you know, this has been my heart for over 40 years. 40 years. Wow, come on. So uh, why don't you give a little overview of who the Andrew Hopkins is, and then we'll jump into the actual content of the book. And what's that thing I see sitting over in the corner? What's that called? Yeah, that's my acoustic guitar. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> so there's no telling where we're going to go today because uh, I've given Andrew free reign to minister from his heart. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big theme that he talks to you about, about carriers of the ark. So Man. give us a, a quick bio and then we'll jump on in, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I got saved in 2001. Uh, gave my life to Jesus, and then uh, started serving shortly thereafter in worship ministry, uh, and then uh, moved to a church in San Marcos called Summit. Was yes. on staff there for probably 12, 13 years mm-hmm. as worship pastor, uh, associate, you know, youth, young adult, everything. <laughs> yes, and, and everything is right when you're in a, in a church environment. They go, hey, Andrew, how about, uh, are, the, are the bathrooms clean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was super powerful. I mean, God did so many amazing things, yep. and 
in that season. And that's where I went, uh, met my wife. Yes. And we got married in 2009. So we've been married 10 years now. We got two kids, Hunter and Everett. And uh, one is five and the other is two. So we are, right. we got our hands full. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I learned when I was studying, you know, on the Tabernacle of David, there are some nuances of the Tabernacle of David that you can learn best when you're married and you get children in, in the mix. Because, you know, the instruction, you start to learn how young people learn. And, and yeah. you're instructing a lot of young people in the Lord or people that aren't familiar with the whole uh, Ark of the Covenant mentality. So the, t- the teaching has to be delicate, but well, well targeted. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, as new parents, you know, fresh, fresh parents, we're learning all <laughs> kinds of stuff. <laughs> I bet you are. So <laughs> yeah, man, I've been just, I had a heart for worship. As soon as I got saved, I got thrown up. They basically said, you know, you sing and play guitar, you should start leading worship. And I did. And I was mm-hmm. so glad because I got thrown into it. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I got thrown into it, but man, God immersed me, uh, into, into just experiencing his presence on my own. Cause I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about anything. Yeah. <laughs> so everything they taught me, they just, you know, everything they said, I just did it. And then God would visit me in powerful ways. That's how my relationship with God grew, uh, worshiping and, and just get diving in the word. And so that's, that's where I came from. And then now just working with Jeremy Miranda Nelson as well. And, and, uh, the fire and glory outpouring and then traveling yes. itinerant ministry. So, and I, and, and your, and, and your ministry is, uh, breaking, Breaker Ministries. Breaker Ministries. Yeah, Breaker yeah. Ministries. And that's your own ministry. My own itinerant ministry, yeah. And it comes out of Micah 2.13, where it says the breaker will go up before oh. them. They'll pass through the gate, go out and, and break out, and the king will go before them, the Lord at their head. So I love that passage because it shows the breakthrough nature of who God is and really who he's called us to be. I love it. So, yeah. I love it. So in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But right now, why don't we kind of set the stage for how, how God stirred you? We've got two or three minutes left in this segment. It's fine. So tell, explain how God stirred you to write about this. Because my listening friend, I have an ulterior motive, and that is as he shares about how God stirred him, you go, hey, wait a minute. I have some of those stirrings as well. And God's yeah. saying, write it down. Yeah, totally. You know, I had been encouraged to write a book for some of my leaders. And then, uh, you know, I was spending time with the Lord and uh, reading. I was reading this little book called The Nature of a God-Sent Revival by a man named Duncan Campbell. It was a sermon transcription. He was a leader in the Hebrides Revival, 1949. I read it. And it said this line. It said, uh, many are asking in our day, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Come on. But the question might better be asked, where are the Elijahs of the oh, Lord God? Oh, that, say that again. Listen closely to this, my friend. This is, this is a nuance. When you get this, you're going to be well on your way to being whom God has called you to be. Yeah. He said, the question of our day has been, where is the Lord God of Elijah? But the question might better be asked, where are the Elijahs of the, <laughs> of the Lord, Lord God? God. <laughs> yeah. And it, and honestly, it struck me. The Holy Spirit came on me. I went into a vision and I'll try to condense this, but I, I went into a vision and I saw, I was standing on the beach and I saw an older man to my left and a younger man in front of me. And I knew they represented, uh, the younger and the older generation. Ooh. And as I looked out, it was as if the younger man was waiting for the next wave to come in. And I knew the wave represented the waves of revival. And as God began to speak to me in so many ways, you know, when God speaks, it's not always just in a phrase. It's like a knowing. He just said something and my spirit caught yeah, it. That's right. But I try to put it in words. And this is what I felt like the Lord said was, because I, I was frustrated. I said, God, why can't the wave of revival perpetually be here? Like, I just want it all the time, every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then this is what he said. He said, because I'm forming in the younger generation what got the older generation there. 
My, my. And it began to speak to me about different things because the older generation knew what it was to pay a price to, to hunger and thirst and to pray and to travail and to seek God and all that. And there, there was a weight on their words and a weight in what they've carried. They understood what it was to carry the ark. Oh, but the next generation, uh, for the, when the wave is gone, it, it, it gives them an opportunity to develop desperation for God to move in our day and in to, our time. To develop desperation. You know, a lot of people run from desperation. Yep. A lot of people run from uh, challenge. Uh, and and even you know things that are going to be coming against you, yeah. but but God says I need to strengthen and prepare you. So these things, if you use them right, yes. they're going to be your stepping stone to higher intimacy. Not only that, Andrew, but people are watching, and how you deal with it is going to help them, yeah. and how they deal with it. So well, yeah. tie this all together and give us a little update of what we're going to be seeing and hearing yeah. if you're watching on our iPad from Come Together San Diego. Yeah, and so as Facebook, we yeah as we talk the about air. the the Ark of the Covenant, the the priests in the Old Testament carried the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. Yeah. And in the New Testament, we know the ark came to live within us, Christ in huh. you, the hope of glory. <laughs> but as I looked at the priest carrying it, I realized that in order to carry that weight, now nobody knows exactly how much the ark weighed. It could be hundreds to thousands of pounds. But the point is this, they had to have physical strength to carry the weight of the Absolutely. ark. And the same way we need spiritual strength to carry the weight of the glory of God on our lives. My, my. And so that, so what we're going to look at in the book is all the different things that God wants to form in us so we can carry more of him upon us. Did you hear that, my listening friend? And Andrew Hopkins talks about the spiritual strength needed to actually bear the weight of God's ark. But yeah. when you bear the weight of God's ark, this is the place where God says he will meet with you. Come on. So if you have the desire to be a, 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 a carrier of God's ark of his presence, uh, people are going to be drawn to you, but also the enemy will flee from you. Amen. So we're going to talk about those aspects as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Andrew Hopkins, the author of Carriers of the Ark, we're going to be spending this whole hour talking about this, and I might, might entice him to bring his guitar and bring that handy so he can kind of uh, showcase what uh, this uh, worship and praise that's connected with this looks like, sounds like, and is like when Andrew Hopkins and Castilla <laughs> come right back. Come on. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. I told you I was going to have... Andrew bring in his guitar, and we're going to talk about his brand new book called The Carriers of the Ark. And a little bit of this uh, dialogue is going to be dialogue uh, set to music because God uses music to occupy as he comes, and that's the thing that scares the, the, uh, the enemy. And hopefully it scares the hell out of the enemy. Some of them that are close to making the change, it will scare the hell out of them and they will become converted unto the Lord. Come on. And then there are those who are embedded too far in that will refuse to hear that. And I'm sorry, my friends, those guys and gals have to suffer the consequences. But it's not our place to do this. It's God's place to do this. So, Andrew, um, we're going to talk a little bit about one of your favorite chapters of the book here. But I, I love what you're doing with the, with the guitar. I'm going to just kind of grab a harmonica and for a few seconds we'll just do a little bit of stuff my listening friend one of the things that God wants us to do is he wants us to set our hearts right and you know as uh, David ministered to Saul who had the evil spirit he played an instrument and the evil spirit went away so we're going to do just a little bit of this set the airwaves right and then I'm going to have Andrew share some things about his book 
Oh, Lord God. By the way, what's the title of this song that you're playing right there? A song called We Come. We Come. Okay. My friends, I want you to just pay close attention to the the spirit behind the music here, and then I'm going to have Andrew tell us some insights about the carriers of the ark. Sing a phrase from this song and then we'll get into the discussions. We come to love on you. All we are and worship to you. This our lives, the offering unto you, Jesus, we bring. We are here for you. We are here for you. We are here for you, Jesus. We are here for you. Friends, as Andrew plays this song, We Come, God has stirred him to be an author as well, and he's taking after the character of the author and the finisher of our faith, and when we bear the ark, we need to bear his character as well. So, Andrew, that's part of the reason that you wrote this book, isn't it? You wanted God's kids to be the character of God so that uh, he can indwell our praise and uh, we can indwell his presence and look out world. So give yeah. us, you know, we've got uh, this segment to talk a little bit about the origination of the book and one of your favorite chapters, and we might even have you play the, the guitar and play a little yeah. bit more on the We Come song that you just yeah. played. Andrew Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the chapters that is really the foundation for everything is is the foundation of intimacy. That's that's yes. uh, chapter two in and man, I, I remember a man of God came and shared this story with me years ago, and he and he said he he said, hey, there's a there was an old opera singer who used to go around and travel and sing his songs, and he was skillful and trained and all that. And at the end of his concerts, he would always sing the Lord's Prayer as a wow. as a closing song. And whenever he would do that, you know, the people were captivated because he had a great voice. And then the show would end and all that. Uh, one night, this opera singer came to a uh, a church, a small church, where a young man was singing the same song at the end of the service. But when the kids sang the song, people were moved and they came up without an altar call. They came to the front (laughs) and just were, you know, pouring their hearts out before the Lord. So the opera singer came up to the young man and said, hi, I'm so-and-so. And And the young man said, hey, I know who you are because he was well-known. And he said, hey, you know, that that song that you sang, I I sing the same song at the end of my shows, but the people don't move like they Mm. do when you sing it. And, and he said, can you tell me why? Because he said, I think the people should move. Can you tell me why they don't move like they do when you sing it? And this young man turned up, uh, turned back to the, to the opera singer, and he said this. He says, you know the song, but I know the man. Oh, my, my, my. 
You know the song, but I know the man. And and when that that word actually came to me as a prophecy, uh, 2006, and it marked me forever because I realized the power and the potential of being someone who had an intimate relationship with God. And and so, man, I I gave my life entirely to this ever since I got saved. But from that moment, it propelled me into a place where, man, I have to, I have to be with Jesus. Yes. And and I have to hold back tears even just talking about it because it's so real to me that God would come. He would visit me in my car on the way to work and back. And at, at midnight when I'd get off of work, I'd go and sit at a Mexican restaurant and read the Bible and just spend time mm. with the Lord. But those 20-minute those drives back and forth to work, I'm telling you, the, the manifest presence of God would come and invade. I, I would literally feel the electric power of God surging through my body. Come on, and, and God would transform me in these moments singing, you know, I'll never know how much it costs see my sin upon that cross and singing how Jesus is more than enough for me and all these songs that were out at that time. And man, it it developed something in me that created a foundation for everything else in my life that I didn't have to open doors to, to, to be able to, to to get where God has taken me. God has opened the doors for me. Yes. And because, because intimacy isn't, is not a means to an end, although you know, it does take you places. It is the end. Like knowing yeah. God is what we're created for. Yes. But yet intimacy prepares you for your destiny. Intimacy prepares you for your, wow, destiny. for your destiny. That is so good. And, now, yeah. the, the, you know, um, Carriers of the Ark uh, is an illustration of that in book form. Yeah. So, so share a little bit about the book that you want to in this segment. And then if we have a little bit of time, we'll have you break into some yeah. of the song that you did. You know, we come. Yeah, when I think about intimacy, I think about someone who sold out for the Lord in relationship, commitment, all of that. But when you look at the original carriers of the ark, they were from the tribe of Levi. And Levi, by definition, means attached or joined to. And it was the beautiful picture in their name definition of people who didn't get a portion of the promised land because the Lord himself was oh, their portion. I love it. And, and they were attached to the Lord. It reminds me of when Paul, the apostle, would open his letters and he would say, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Yes. The difference between a servant and a bondservant was a bondservant was willingly serving. They, right. they would serve for a number of years, and then at the end they were allowed to go. But unless the, they, they loved their master, they could willingly become a servant, which is what Paul said said he was a yes, bond servant. He said, I will give my entire life because I want to. Oh, and, and they were attached to the Lord. And, and I look at people throughout the scriptures, and obviously David was is, is the picture of intimacy. But I look at his life, and before we know anything about David, the first thing that the scripture tells us about him was he was a man after God's mm-hmm. own heart. Mm-hmm. And he was just a teenager. Yes, yes. And, and man, I, I look at these types of principles, and I go, man, intimacy if intimacy prepares you for destiny, then what do we do in spending our, our time and energies and effort primarily on other things when intimacy should be the one thing? Ooh, I love like it. David said, one thing I ask of the Lord. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus tells Martha one thing she mm. picked, and the one thing is needed. And, and I just believe, you know, the, one of the biggest principles if, if, to be a carrier of the presence of God, the ark of God, if we want to uh, walk in step with the Spirit and let the manifest presence of God emanate from our lives, yes. it's the one thing, oh intimacy with Jesus. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I spend a lot of time with friends, uh, Orthodox friends in Israel. I do, we communicate a lot. But there's one thing, uh, because of the tabernacle of David, the, the city of David is just being discovered in many ways now. I try to draw parallels between the two. So first that was just a natural, mm-hmm. and after that, that was just a spiritual. And you have 
encapsulated the spiritual component, that intimacy with God. And sometimes the Hebrews don't get they they get the the word. The, you know, yeah. this is what it says on paper. But the transition is from it on paper to inside this your in your, heart. In your written on your heart. Amen. And this I, I say that for the Hebrews, but it's also true for we Gentiles as well. That's the big challenge. Yeah. Is you know you talk about we can preach and declare things, but if we don't have the the anointing or the power of the Spirit within, they're just empty words. Amen. So yeah. you've discovered that uh, encouraging people to become carriers of the ark, as your book illustrates, is really the key to the empowerment. We've got uh, about a minute and a half left. I'll tell you what, let's do this. In a minute and a half, play uh, a minute and a half's worth of your song. Amen, yeah. And and then we will, near the close of this segment, uh, I'll speak over and we'll carry this into the next segment. Andrew Hopkins and a song that he wrote called We Come, and the the encouragement is for you, my friends, to come into God's presence right now and entrust him to instruct you about bearing his ark or the ark of his presence. And here is Andrew Hopkins and a song that he wrote called We Come. We come to love on you All we are in worship to you our lives the offering all to you Jesus we bring we are here for you we are here for you we are here for you Andrew Hopkins, and we're talking about his book called The Carriers of the Ark of God's Presence, The Carriers of the Ark. And uh, we've just begun this hour. We've got a couple more segments to go because I'm going to have him talk about more, of the, even even the more intimate things about the content of the book because you're going to realize this is really the content of God's character coming through to you. God wants to take you from where you are to be a seasoned citizen and a seasoned warrior on his behalf. God knows that he needs to have people bearing this ark in this world today. So Andrew and I will continue when we come right back. (laughs) Come on, come together. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Frank Harper, pastor in North County. We need more of God this time than we've ever needed Him before. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. 
friends. I've got a worship leader of leaders. His name is Andrew Hopkins. And uh, I could tell when I did a pre-Facebook post that I, the hundreds of people that responded to the pre-Facebook post says, tells me that there's a lot of people that love this guy. And so uh, they not only love this guy, but what he bears. One of the things that he bears is actually the content of his book called The Carriers of the Ark. And so I thought, uh, Andrew, what we would do in this segment is let you sing a song that really ties to the theme we want to talk about in this segment about resting in and having, uh, receiving God's glory and the power of the work of the cross. So uh, why don't you sing a little bit of this song that you call Your Better, and then we will dive on. Is that a, is that a fair thing to do there, Andrew? That's it. Okay, Sounds my good. friend. Andrew Hopkins and a song called Your Better. Let me stay captivated By your wonders and your love God, you constantly surprise me I can never get enough I don't understand Why you keep on choosing me I don't understand Why you keep on loving me You're better than I thought you were You're so much better than I thought you were You're better than I thought you were Jesus, breaking my box You're better than I thought you were You're so much better than I thought you were You're better than I thought you were Jesus, with your goodness You teach my heart to see With your goodness You teach my heart to see I'm free to dream I'm free to hope Cause you've opened up my eyes And gave me There's, my, my friends, if you're driving in your car, just listening to the radio, you, you know music takes you away, but it's, it's music that declares God's glory. It takes you away faster and higher and longer, longer as in into eternity. Come on, what a great topic and uh, a topic that is tied to your book yeah. and uh, the dealing with God's rest that he puts you in. And, and yeah. the ark carrier gets to carry the rest. Amen. And uh, he, he bears the weight, but he carries the rest as well and the glory. And uh, it all is tied to the finishing work done on the cross. So yeah. we've got five or six minutes in the segment. Lay it on us. Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen. You know, Andrew and I gave it over to the Lord early on in the show. <laughs> we said, you know, uh, we might go this direction, but wherever Holy Spirit goes, we'll go. And that's really one part of it, isn't that? And that isn't that being a... Uh, bearing the that character uh, of the uh, of the ark, the carrier of the ark, totally. is to go where he says to go, and that's not it. to go where he does not to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's even part of the intimacy thing. Is is you you move where he moves, you walk where he walks. Oh. Even when Moses, they would lift up the you know the the cloud of glory would would lift up, and they would know, okay, it's time to move. And Moses would say, "Let God arise, and his enemies be scattered." <laughs> but they but, but when when the glory moved, that's when they moved. And, and so it's all about walking with the Lord. But this chapter, uh, chapter five called Rest and Glory came out of a moment where I was preaching in my young adult group at my church. I shared this story about how when Smith Wigglesworth would pray, this revivalist in the forties, he would pray 
And when he would pray, there'd be so much glory that would come. The weightiness of God's presence would fill the room that pastors would end up leaving the room because they couldn't handle the weight. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. And, and then one pastor found out, okay, I'm going to make it to the, I'm going to, I'm going to, if I get to be in one of those meetings, I'm going to do my best to stay as long. Well, the time came and he came and, and it happened again. Pastors started leaving the room. But this guy said he was holding on for dear life, but he couldn't handle it. He had to get himself out the room. And this is what the author of the book who shared this story said. He said, a man that knew God like no one else was left in an atmosphere that few men could breathe in. Wow, wow, wow. I, you know, some, sometimes I'm a wordsmith. You know, I look for double entendres and things like that in yeah. the word. But when you were talking about uh, bearing God's weight, and then it reminded me of another scripture with a different weight. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their yeah. strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not worry, and they shall walk and not faint. But when you pursue the Lord with that zealousness, mm-hmm. you will also carry the other weight of his glory Amen. as well, yep. and it will draw other people unto him. I love That's the content of your book. Why don't, why don't you share how people can find out more about your book, and then we'll get into the rest of this segment. We'll get into the specifics yeah. of the book content. Yeah, it's on, on everywhere you can find it online, but Amazon <laughs> is the best way. Just type in Carriers of the Ark or my name, Andrew Hopkins. It'll pop right up. Amazon is probably the best way to get it. I can think of another best way. Or? Or invite you to speak sometime. Hey, there you go. And just say, bring your books, Andrew, and you would be willing to do that. Yes, I would. when you invite him to speak, know that you don't have to have another worship team there to back him up. Just say, bring. you can bring (laughs) a group of people or you can bring your guitar and yourself, however you want to do it, Andrew, and give us the message, but you can give us the message in spoken word yeah but andrew Come bring on. your guitar and give us the singing word as well and amen. all of a sudden you're 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 a bearer a carrier of god's ark in many ways amen. and they get to receive it in many ways as well yeah yeah, amen. And yeah, I'd be happy to come at breakerministries.com. Breakerministries.com. That's my website. Yeah. Okay. But man, I, I shared that story about the, the weighty glory of God. And when I shared that story in the young adult group, I closed my, it was like my last landing point. I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, do it in us, Lord. Come on. And when I said that, the power of God hit me and I ended up on the ground. Now, that's fine if you like the the preacher prays for you, but I was the preacher and I was the dude on the ground. The mic was just rolling on the carpet. And what God began to speak to me was this, Psalm 23, it's and it says that he's it basically it was like he said this, how's that for he makes me lie down. Oh my. <laughs> I never heard that scripture oh in that my, way, my. but the Lord it. made me lie down. Oh my. But I knew what he was talking about because it was rest. That's what Psalm 23, he restores my soul and resting in the green pastures. Ooh. And, and God began to speak to me about what it, what it is to rest in the finished work of the cross. And, and I, I, this is obviously a huge topic and I gotta, I'm gonna condense it, sure. but this is what it was. Ephesians 2 says we're seated in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 says that we are w- to walk worthy of the calling. And then Ephesians 6 says stand against the enemy. So you see sit, walk, and then stand. And in, in that order too. In that, that order. That's important. And that's, that's what was so important to me was I had learned how to walk, you know, walk out my calling, walk worthy of the calling. I, I had burned, I had heard teachings on that. I'd heard spiritual warfare teaching on stand, but I hadn't heard much about sitting and resting. And the long story short is this, is that every priest in the Old Covenant, there was no seat in the Old Tabernacle because it signified that their work was never finished. But Hebrews 10 says, when this high priest offered once for all the sacrifice for all of us, he sat down at the right hand of God. Why did he sit down? Because the work Work was was finished. And Ephesians 2 said, he raised us up together to sit with him. What are we sitting in? We're sitting in what Jesus accomplished 
for us. Mm. He finished the work. And it's so important as people who carry God's presence because we're the kind of people, especially me, I'm a zealous go-getter. Oh, really? Right? And I He's have to, like, God has to, like, make me sit down and chill in order to get me to get this stuff sometimes. And that's why he had to knock me down in the middle of me trying to close a sermon uh, to get me to understand that what I really was after was more of God's glory in my yes. life. But the answer wasn't me striving and working harder, no. praying and fasting more, although I believe in praying and fasting. Yes. It was me trusting what Jesus did for me at the cross, resting in that. Yes. And somehow the beauty of just trusting what Jesus did for us increases the anointing, increases the glory, and God begins to move in a profound way. Yes, and you mentioned there were three words there you talked about. Walk, was it sit, sit and stand? Sit, walk, stand. Sit, walk, stand and stand. And my listening friend, here's the deal. As we look on what's going on in the United States of America, there's some things that God is going to call us from a warfare standpoint, Mm -hmm. a warfare of worship, a warfare of declaring his word and acting out, uh, illustrating his word in our actions and life and lifestyles. That's going to be a big deal in changing people's lives. And my friend, if you can comprehend this title of Andrew's book, Becoming Carriers of the Ark, then you're going to be outfitted, shall we say, mm-hmm. and to be able to do that. I'd like to talk more about this in the last segment, so get ready, Andrew. But yeah. I love the whole idea. You know, we can do things rote. In other words, rote by rote as in R-O-T-E, R-W-R-O-T-E, things that are wrote or written down. We can do the things that are written down. We can follow the Psalms. We can follow the Scripture. But there's a point where the the written down Scripture has to be empowered in our life, and it's no longer only written down. It's the empowerment of that Scripture through us, and that will deal with the prophetic work that God wants to do. He did a prophetic work in us. Now he wants to do a prophetic work through us. Let's talk about that in the last segment, and we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. you got a guitar there. We'll see whether he uses it in the last segment (laughs) or not. Andrew Hopkins, the author of Carriers of the Ark. And Kaz, guess what? We will be right back. (laughs) More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. The last segment of the first hour with a worship leader's worship leader, Andrew Hopkins, and his brand new book entitled Carriers of the Ark. And it's, the be- it's a beautiful book on the outside, and I'm discovering how beautiful it is on the inside as well. It's got the Ark of the Covenant on the outside. I've vested and invested decades of my life studying this, so... and. Andrew and I met in a a worshipful environment that was kind of a free-flowing environment as well. So I'm excited, Andrew, for you to talk a little bit about prophetic worship and the prophetic work that God is doing. Because once you you got the skill set, then you can kind of say, okay, training wheels, you come off. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with this? And I know that's one thing in your book that you really relish. You really enjoy that so now this is I think chapter four of the book uh, chapter four in the book called Carriers of the Ark. Before yeah. we get there, one quick note on how people can access your book one more time. Yep any any online store that you can get books Amazon probably being the top one there Barnes and Noble though you can do it there sure. but Amazon I love that it's just the the highway for everything there. <laughs> That's, it is it is but also they can find out more about you and maybe invite you to do some other things. Yeah. Uh, at breakerministries.com. Breakerministries.com. Okay, here's yes, the, this is the theme. Play, play a chord progression there. Sure. We'll talk a little bit about it. It seems right. 
In San Diego County, the worship teams here in San Diego County are becoming homogenized, and I love it. Um, I'm thankful to Henry Haney and so many others, uh, so many others that came along and put things together where we did 24-7 worship and praise. And that, Andrew, maybe that was the first time I actually met you. You were doing yeah. a set, and I ended up being like, a, it was 24 hours, 724, so it may have been something like midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And producer Neil Fraser and I would hang around until dusk to dawn and, and beyond. <laughs> So uh, catching you do the worship thing, I couldn't stop myself from in, engaging in that. And you jumped in. <laughs> I, I jumped in. And <laughs> I didn't get thrown out this time, so that was pretty good. But the yes, prophetic sir. word, it happens. It's not something that, it's something that God wants to develop and crystallize within us, mm-hmm. and it's good for him to be able to know the character of the person before he can give them that loaded gun in an analogy standpoint. Talk yeah. a little bit about this uh, prophetic work that God wants to do through us, and use your this chapter four of your book, Carriers of the Ark. Andrew. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, chapter four is called Repairing the Altar, and and really that, that title comes from when Elijah in 1 Kings 18 calls fire down from heaven. It's a popular story, Old Testament, power demonstration, the whole thing. Uh, but the before he called fire down from heaven, he actually repaired the altar, and the altar represents our worship. But the word for repair in Hebrew is Rapha, which is what we know as the Lord, our healer. Yes. So it, basically, he healed their worship. And and what I believe is that many churches today, man, we want the fire of God to fall and all these great things. But but you know, if something needs to the if something needs to be healed, it's not living up to its full potential. And that's where I believe the, the potential of the church's worship, it, it's, it's not up to its full potential. God wants to repair the altar. Say that again. Listen, right now, pay attention to the <laughs> words that he says because these words are weighty. And if you, you're feeling like you're insufficient for yeah. his calling, well, that insufficiency is going to go away the more that you entrust him yeah. and let him empower you. But then after you're empowered, he says, now step out and you go, me? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, yes. Come on. Yeah. So God, God's began to speak to me about the worship and how he wants to call our worship basically to a higher yes. uh, potency, if, if you will. Ooh. So I was, I was at a local church. I was just attending a service one time and uh, it was nice. It was anointed. It was excellent. It was powerful. All of that. The congregation was fully engaged. But something was missing. It was crazy because uh, they're exalting God, but God began to speak to me. And in the midst of this, what I would think was an amazing worship service, God spoke in his, in his thunderous voice to my heart, and he said, Where's the sword of the Lord? And Ooh. it shook me. And I, and I was taken to First uh, Samuel 13 where the Philistines had basically taken all the, uh, the, the weapons from Israel. The only people who had swords at that time was King Saul and his son Jonathan. And it's a picture of how the enemy... You know, how many of y'all know if, if you're about to go to a war and you don't have any weapons, you are ill-equipped for the battle at hand. And I believe the enemy has tried to steal the gifts of the Spirit out of the church so they're ill-equipped Ooh. for the supernatural battles that are at hand. Wow. And and so God began to speak to me about the sword of the Lord being prophetic, the edge, the prophetic edge in our worship time. You see that Revelation 1, I believe it's verse 17, there's a sword coming out of Jesus' mouth. And uh, Hebrews 4.12, the, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. So there's something about the prophetic edge being restored in worship. And so, man, I, I believe God actually wants to restore, when he says he wants to restore the tabernacle of David, one of the things, that's Amos 9.11, one of the main things that tabernacle of David functioned in was prophetic worship. And you see that in First Chronicles 25, that David actually set up the worship team to be prophetic, not only in their voice, but actually in their instrumentation. 
And when, when that happens, man, the, the, the word of God comes forth. And if anything, we hear God speak a fresh word and that's enough. That's powerful. But I've seen miracles happen powerful. One time I was leading worship and I began to sing Malachi 4-2, where it says the, the, to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And, and the NIV says you'll go out like cattle released from the stall. And I, and I, I just began, I felt that come. So I just, all right, I'm going to go with it. And I sang it. Uh, the, my friend went into a time of healing, and this woman came up and testified that as soon as I started singing that scripture, God breathed on it. She said, I knew it was for me because that this morning God gave me that same scripture, and she testified of all the pain of glaucoma leaving her right eye. Oh, my, my, my. So healing is a result of this. Yep. Empowerment is a result of this. Actually, quite simply, in the summarization, the presence of the Lord That's it. is what happens. And when the presence of the Lord is, there, there's <laughs> anointing, and there's power, there's grace, there's yeah. Healings and every, everything else. Yeah, and, and people sometimes wonder, why do we need this? I remember a long time ago. Now, this could have just been someone who had a bad opinion, but they were, <laughs> they were like, man, we, all we need is the Bible. We don't need the, the – you know, why would we need more prophecy, blah, blah, blah. Because the reality is God wants to talk back to his people. That's right. We exalt God in our praise and worship. But in the prophetic worship coming back, it's God speaking back Ooh, to us. It's God speaking to back talk. to us. Yeah. He wants to talk. But the other piece of the equation is he not only wants to talk to us, but he wants us to freely and without script yeah. talk with him from our heart as well. And that's the whole intimacy yes. thing, isn't yes. it, with, with the carriers of the ark? And, and it's communion. It's, it's the relationship. Every good relationship is a two-way road. Oh, it's the back and forth. And many times our worship services are just one way. Yeah. And we, we have to have both. That's Come why on. prophetic worship is so important. My, my, my. Now, here, we've got a, a couple of minutes left in this segment. I'm going to put him, uh, this, he, he loves me he, he, and he'll deal with it. Stay in the, in the court progression that you are. But what I'm going to have you do, I'm going to give a scripture and I'm going to ask you to uh, minister it in song. And th- this, we never rehearsed this. He has no clue where I'm going with this. But see, here's the deal. I know that he is a carrier of the ark and I know Holy Spirit is manifesting mightily in this studio and through the radio right now. I'm going to give a scripture and, and a precept to him, and we're going to close this first hour. It was an honor to have Andrew Hopkins and his book titled Carriers of the Ark with us. But I'm going to give you a, a scripture here because it, this is in activation or empowerment of God's listeners right now. He wants you to be more than just listeners. He wants you to be doers. And it reminded me when you talk, you talk about God's presence and, and his sword, there's a scripture in, in uh, Judges chapter 6 which talks about Gideon. And there was a point where Gideon said, he declared, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So a lot of times in our worship, we, we go, we want your presence. And he goes, okay, but I want my presence in you to do something. Mm-hmm. So it's not just receiving it, but he wants you to give it out as well. Yeah. So it's the sword of the Lord empowering us. But he says, now you use the sword is now not only the sword of the Lord, but it's the sword of Gideon or blank, fill in your name. And God, in these times, he wants us to be able to take the sword that he's given us. And he wants to, sometimes he wants us to use it as a scalpel to heal. Sometimes he wants us to show ourselves minorly. So the enemy runs like crazy. So the Gideon's phrase was the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And I'm going to invite in the next minute or so, Andrew Hopkins to do something in, uh, tied to the phraseology of the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Lay it on us, Andrew. Thank you, Lord. I want to use what's in your hand. I want to use what's in your mouth. Would you speak for me? 
watch the darkness flee Sword of the Lord going forth I see depression cutting off your people now Lift your weary head I see the sword of the Lord going forth I see the fear of man breaking off, breaking off There's a victory at hand Repeat that phrase, there's a victory at hand, as I close this segment. Here's what's happening. A lot of times in a church service, we're so afraid to go away from the written script. A lot of times in our time with other people, we're afraid to go away from the written script. But God says that Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. So the law is the written down script, but God says, I want you to be prophetic as well. And uh, I've, I've known Andrew Hopkins for a long time, and to have the book called Carriers of the Ark that is newly published from him. I gave him a task here. I said, uh, sing a song. And he goes, I know I didn't, I didn't, I didn't prepare for this song. I guess I'll not just have to do one from the spirit. Yeah. So Andrew, it's been great fun having you Thanks. with us on this segment. Keep strumming that because we're going to go out with this. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon, my friend, God's going to give you the empowerment, but it's not for you just to sit there and go, look what I got. He's saying, now use it, and he's going to go with you as you use this. As uh, I have Andrew sing the song, we're going to fade out and go into commercial break. But my listening friend, what a joy to have Andrew uh, Hopkins and the Carriers of the Ark. Find it uh, uh, on Amazon.com, Amazon, or you can visit his site at BreakerMinistries.com. So sing this as we fade out. Andrew Hopkins and the Sword of the Lord and of fill-in-the-blank Y-O-U. Amen. Yeah, there's a victory at hand. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world. And I'm back, and excited as can be. You know, every minister would love to have a worship leader set the stage so the Holy Spirit just is there mindly so that the minister can walk into this and all of a sudden who knows where the service is going to go. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Andrew Hopkins uh, is a, one, one of these guys. He's one of these guys who can ignite a worship service because it's not about him. It's not about him how wonderful he looks and how wonderful he sounds. It's how he hears the Holy Spirit and allows the Holy Spirit to not only anoint him, but prepare him to help you in your anointing and your calling as well. So uh, my, I think you'll love this uh, next co-host for the entire second hour because Fred Berry is the director of the Azusa Street Mission, but also he's a guy who's one of the most fiery ministers of God, and I, I'm excited to have him on because we set the stage on this radio show the whole first hour to prepare the way for God's Word through Fred Berry. Fred, how you doing? Hey. 
Hey, my friend. How are you, Kev? God bless you, brother. God bless you as well. And Fred, it's, it's so, so thrilling to have you with us on this radio. You and I have... Uh, uh, had a lot of good history through the years, and uh, I, I just re- rejoice in what God has done and it is doing to and through you. But dare we uh, forget Wilma, your beloved wife? No, we dare not. So Wilma Amen. as well. <laughs> so, so Wilma, God's living Flintstone. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I know it. Fred and Wilma, and, and so, so Fred, I, I, I knew I had an hour available here, and I said, you know, we. This is a time where there's a great deal of threat and tribulation and anxiety going on in the body of Christ. And uh, because you are, you know, the uh, director of the Azusa Street Mission, you have a lot of understanding about history past that had some similar turbulence. And uh, when God's people let loose of their the handlebars and let God take control, things like the Azusa Street Revival happened and magnificent worship and praise, please, the Comforter has come and all these different things. And, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit took over and the ploy, ploys and uh, strategies of the enemy were dissipated because of that. Lord Jesus, we need that again, don't we, Fred Berry? Tell yes. us a little bit about a little yes. bit about you, and then let's let's quickly transition into that because a lot of friends here are bordering on being anxious or concerned, and God has a plan that doesn't allow for their anxiety but their empowerment. So I'm going to hand this to you, Fred Berry, and give you as much time as you need within our time constraints. Sorry about that. <laughs> Lay it on us, man. You know, uh, God is wonderful to be with you on this show, and. I apologize for my scratchy voice. I just finished an hour of prayer with my team. We pray every Saturday from 5 until 6. And so I just popped off the line with them and popped on the line with you. And uh, But uh, we've been, uh, my wife and I, we're, we're called God's Living Flintstones, and our, our, our assignment in the earth has been Azusa Street and the history and heritage that was birthed in 1906. And uh, we carry the flame of Azusa Street to the nations of the world and to the next generation so that they can carry that same fire that was birthed on Azusa Street (laughs) and birthed essentially the charismatic, Pentecostal charismatic, spirit-filled element of the church, which is now grown and leading the way for Christianity now, um, 800 million around the world. Yes, yes. I heard... uh, uh I've got some pastor friends who are historians as well. Jim Garlow is among them, and he made a comment. Oh, Jim's my friend. Yes, he is. And the the most remarkable growth in the body of Christ has been through the charismatic uh, Pentecostal flavor in these days. So uh, God wants to empower all denominations with this empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. So can we kind of go back to 1906? I want you to draw a parallel between the times that were going on there and draw a parallel with the stress and anxieties that are going on here and how God intervened, but God could not intervene in fullness until we gave him the freedom to intervene. And so kind of give an overview of what happened back then and how we need to, what do I say, open ourselves up to God's intervention. Go ahead, lay lay it on us, Fred. I'll give you a quick panoramic view of church history in that we know that uh, from the day of Pentecost, the church for the first 300 years of history was a spirit-filled, miracle-working church. Catholicism came in, overtook the church with religious doctrine, and God uh, refreshed the church with a man named Martin Luther who brought forth the Protestant Reformation. 
that prospered Europe, uh, and God kept refreshing the church. Yes. And those folks in Europe had a tradition. <laughs> they they kept sprinkling as a tradition. So God raised up a group called Baptists. And those <laughs> Baptists were kicked out of yes. Europe, and they came to America, and they flourished in America. But, you know, something about God, God continues to refresh the church. And yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Acts chapter 3. Let, let, let me intercede here for just one minute. I'm sorry to do this for you, but I just I need to set the, the set set things straight uh, because sometimes the word we words we use are are heard maybe and not in the way that we intended them. And the, right. I, I, I here's what I want to do. I the thing is my my challenge is I have so many I know so many Catholic brothers and sisters who oh, are so here's what here here's what the, how I have taken that and I've the Roman Catholic Church the Roman with an emphasis on the Roman part was the thing that really drew many people away and then God had to restore his church from then on and Azusa Street was one of those restoration things that has kind of set us free for what he wants to do from that point forward so I I, I use the Roman part of the Roman Catholic Church because there are so many Catholic people out there that have a zeal for the Lord which would make many people uh, desiring to be of, of that level of zeal as well. So go ahead. I, forgive me for interjecting there, but uh, but the, this no, is a term. good because my wife grew up in New Orleans. She grew up Catholic, <laughs> uh-huh. and so we understand the history and heritage of the church. We're all the body of Christ, Come and that's on. the most important thing. But the most important thing, along with that, is that God continues to refresh the church, and so. What he did in Acts chapter 3 with Peter to speak to the Jewish people of that day was a refreshing. It was an upgrade. And the same thing happened with the Baptists, who were an upgrade to what they were doing in Europe. And then as the Baptists uh, grew in, in America, we know that there was a movement called holiness. And folks in, you know, wore long black clothes and no makeup, didn't smoke, didn't chew, didn't hang out with people that do. <laughs> and then from that, God brought the Azusa Street Pentecostal movement. And what was interesting is that in the time of great racism in America, God chose a one-eyed black preacher to bring in a refreshing that the color line has, is, is washed away by the blood of Jesus. And so before the 1960s and the civil rights movement, God had already given the church the answer to racism in America and in the world, and it was through the blood of Jesus and the spiritual baptism of the Holy Ghost so that people could be led by the Spirit, trust in His Word. And so that movement is now spread around the world. Yes. And it's now more uh, South American and uh, Asian and African than it is American or European anymore. And wow. so the church is just exploding with Pentecostal charismatic power. In other <laughs> words, they're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead their lives, and people are taking this Word and applying it according to the way the Spirit leads us, and they're getting results. I love it. Now, hold on to hold on to your hats, my friend, because this is just the first of several segments here. And I guess you can tell we've got a a fiery Pentecostal charismatic uh, uh, yeah. preacher. You, 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 you let go of the reins, and you better hang on to the horn of the saddle. That's all I can say with Fred. We're going to continue this conversation in the next segment, but you need to know this, my friend. The things that surrounded, the anxieties that surrounded 1906, you know, there was uh, racial uh, injustices going on, but there were also some some things that were happening in nature and the fires and earthquakes and things like that were going on back then as well. And God was using that as a platform to say, 
pay attention. I've got something I want to share with you. And the Azusa Street revival was um, uh, among those intimate things. So Fred Berry is going to share more of this from not only a historical standpoint, but he's going to bring us up to present day as well, because the things that happened then, while they were magnificent, in one way, they're a picture for what God wants to do here, but only even greater and better still. So, so Fred, would you stay with us for the remainder of this hour, and we're going to set you free in the remaining three segments as well. <laughs> so my <I'm> listening, Fred. <laughs> Fred Berry, the wild and crazy, in a good way, the director of the Azusa Street Mission, has more things he wants to share with you. So buckle up and sharpen that pencil, because we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hello, my friends, and yes, indeed, I am back with a dear friend, and he is tied to the Azusa Street Mission. In fact, he is the director thereof, Fred Berry. And Fred, before I hand over the reins to you and and, and then sit back as the rider on your horse, I want to give a scripture. (laughs) I want to give a scripture which is going to set the stage for this. My listening friend, here's the deal. You know, life is not as it has been, you know, a few months ago. It's totally different now. But the focus has to be on the Lord and what he can do, not only to and with you, but through you to other people. And so I'm going to read a scripture to you. And I see, I, I know Fred's, I know Fred well enough to know his heart. His heart is reparation. His heart is empowerment in God's Holy Spirit. And so he's going to knit those together as he ministers to you on uh, from what happened on Azusa Street in 1906 and beyond to what is happening today. But let me let me give you a scripture, and then I'm going to set Fred loose. Um, by the way. Fred, give Wilma the giant size major hug from Kaz, would you? Amen. She's listening. She's, okay. on, she's on the other line listening. Okay. So let me give you a scripture, my friend. This is found in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, beginning at verse 15. And this is, this is going to quell your spirit a little bit about the anxiety, and you go, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? The COVID virus, the, the people uh, protesting and breaking down buildings and taking down statues and all this kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, this is something that has happened before, and how God intervened before, he wants to intervene similarly, but with a greater degree of our invested involvement than ever before. In Ephesians uh, chapter 3, uh, not Ephesians, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses, verse 15, it says, That which has been is now, and that which is now has already been. Of, uh, everything that happened in, in the past, God is causing to happen again today. There is nothing new under the sun. And when we can understand that God is the same, Jesus and Father are the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we can have have a peace of heart to know that this is not something that's brand new. It may be brand new to us and our generation, but this is the kind of thing that God has allowed to happen so that he could show forth his power in many times. One of those key times was in 1906 where he introduced, in a greater way, the empowerment of his Holy Spirit. So what's happening now, and how is this going to play into God's hand? The enemy thinks, oh, I've got the upper hand now. It's the same thought he thought when Jesus was hanging on the cross. Oh, yeah? Well, look around. Things are about ready to change, and they're not going to be changing in your favor, enemy. They're going to be empowering God's kids because God's kids have work to do, 
And I'm going to hand this over to you, uh, Fred, right now. Because 1906 was an illustration of how enemy influence could happen in race and also in the signs of the times and things like that. I'm going to hand the ball, the ball over to you, and I'll just kind of cut in when we're close to a, a commercial break, <laughs> and then you can catch your breath, and we can go for another commercial break. <laughs> Fred Berry, brother. Well, yeah, it's so good to be with you. I want to just remind our listeners today, you know, when this darkness covers the earth, it's an opportunity for the glory of the Lord to arise upon his people. And so this is not new to God, as Kaz has already said. Uh, and we have, a, we have an answer in Second Chronicles chapter 7. And uh, I want to read it to you, but I want to start with the conversation that started this statement uh, with, um, you know, Solomon. The Lord appeared to him, and he told him this. He said, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a pestilence among my people, he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. And so, you know, what, what has happened in this land, uh, in this Western world that we're living in, I have, I have to tell you, uh, we have to take responsibility for it. Uh, that's difficult, but you've got to understand history, and you've got to understand what happened in 1906 with racism and what has happened in America with all of these divisions is rooted in the church. Now, that's a difficult thing for people to hear, but it's going to require us, according to Second Chronicles 7.14, to turn from our wicked ways, then he's going to hear from heaven, and he's going to forgive uh, their sin and heal the land. And so we have the key in our hands. It's called repentance. Come on. And so this repentance requires us to look at our history. And we've got to understand that the issue of racism in the Western world, this is difficult for people to hear, but I've got to tell you the truth. There's there some things you need to Google and see what the church did. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the uh, ecclesia, from the Catholic Church to the Roman Catholic Church to the Protestant Church. We all had a hand in this thing. And so as we begin to recognize our hand in something called the Doctrine of Discovery, where the Catholic Church sent people out, plunder the land, name it in the name of the Lord, kill the natives. I mean, this, this is the doctrine that was given by the church. And then as, the, as Europe began to also get involved in the slave trade and all of these things, and as they came to America and what they did with the Indians, we're the ones that are going to have to stand up before God, not before each other, but stand up before God as one unified body and say, Lord, forgive us. Heal, we repent of our hand in this issue of racism. We repent of our hand. And I know people say, well, Fred, how can you say that? This stuff was done in the South uh, uh, of of the USA. Well, that was called the Bible Belt. <laughs> oh, those my. people that did lynchings and those people that did those things, they were Christians. They went to church. And so we've got to understand that the key to revival, this discussion that we need to have is among the believers who can say, Lord, forgive us for our uh, participation. Now, there's some, also some good history. The abolitionists, they were Christians. Wilberforce was Christian. Uh, these are all part of our history and heritage. But as we just dis we discover 
that this is a family fight. We've got to understand. Acts chapter 17 says it is made of one blood. All nations of men on the earth, on the face to dwell in, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. And so we've got to understand, this is a family issue. If you are, if you have a belly button, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to understand, when God destroyed the earth, and that's a whole other story, and he started over with Noah and his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, those three sons are the progenitors. They, from them, overspread the whole earth. They repopulated the earth. So I got news for you. If you're married, you married your cousin. <laughs> oh, my. Somewhere down the line. We won't you're dig deeply lady. into that because people can mi- yeah. mistake that for sure. But get, get your, I understand where you're going with this thing, Fred. And the point, yeah. the point of the matter is the accountability. You, you know, we can say those people shouldn't do those things. Those people shouldn't do those things. Let God take care That's of that. Right. He, he, you, because you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, or I'm a believer. Right. Our accountability must, between, must be between he and me. And the, 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 the right. challenge is sometimes we can go, well, our pastor— or our leader, our government leader, they kind of led us into this. We have an opportunity to stand our ground and repent or turn from our wicked ways, confess them, and at that juncture, God has the freedom to work. If he, if we don't do that, right. he can't use his church like he wants to use us. We've got about go. one, one minute left in this segment, so bring this segment to an end, and we will continue after the commercial break. Fred Berry. This is called identificational repentance. The church has been sent here to stand in the gap. And so whether you participated or your relatives participated, doesn't matter anymore. God has given the church the lead to stand up in the responsible position and say, Lord, forgive us, forgive our nation, forgive what happened in Europe, forgive what happened in Africa, and heal our land. And what we do, when we stand up together in unity, this is why unity is so important, if we stand together as the body of Christ, God's going to answer us and heal the land. And so I'm so excited about this hour that we're in. <laughs> we just turn from our wicked ways yes. and confess and say, Lord, heal us. He'll do it, and yes. he'll heal the land, and there'll be a great revival upon this land once again. <laughs> uh, Fred Berry, the director of Azusa Street Mission, Fred and Wilma uh, very uh, mighty man and woman of God. We're going to continue this conversation, and I'm going to pose a question here, and uh, Fred can can consider how he wants to answer it during the commercial break. But, okay, the Bible talks about that God will hear from heaven if we confess our sins and turn from our wicked ways, that he will hear from heaven and forgive us our sins. But after the forgiveness of sins, it's not a matter of him say, well, for us say, okay, you've forgiven our sins, Lord. What are you going to do next? Part of it has to do with our obedience to do what he calls us to do as well, because this is, this is a... a a thing that we're facing right now that is not, God is not going to intervene, but without his team members, that's you, my listening friend, and he working together as a team. So Fred, in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like once we have uh, confessed our sins, turned from our wicked ways and, and God has forgiven us. What, what next? It's not a matter of us in the peanut gallery, just watching. There's some other things that have to happen as well. So Fred Berry, that mighty, evangelistic preacher and the director of Azusa Street Mission. And Kaz will deal with that question when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. 
Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on KPraise. Greg Hendricks, Rock Church, East County. God is doing a wonderful work in the city of San Diego and all over the world. He's uniting the hearts of the people, but most importantly, he's drawing us back to what our original purpose is, to love each other. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Well, I'm back with friend Fred Berry. He's the director of the Azusa Street Mission and if you understand Azusa Street and uh, the uh, uh, 1906 Azusa Street revival, then you'll get a sense of why Fred is so fiery because God has just indwelled him with God with His Holy Spirit, and He says He blows on the embers of Fred Berry and says, "Burn, baby, burn!" and 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 Fred is. Uh, <laughs> He's willing to do that, and you're getting the opportunity to experience this burning, burning man named Fred Berry. Fred, I, I, I want to set the stage for you here, and once again, I'm going to hand the reins over to you to conclude this okay. segment. We've got maybe 10 or 11 minutes in this segment. But my friend Fred uh, was in the last segment speaking of a scripture found in Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. I'll read it quickly because I want to relate to something that happens immediately thereafter. In in Second uh, Chronicles 7, 14, this is a scripture that many of you know and that you're applying this to this COVID time, to these riotous times. You're applplying this rightfully, but there's some scriptures that deals with things after this. And this says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and shall pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That, that This is wonderful. But the, the question that I'm going to ask um, Barry, and then one that I'm going to share, share some nuances in Scripture here, and then I'm going to hand the baton off to Barry, and that is, once that is done, what next? And it's not like us in a peanut gallery going, okay, go God, go God, we're watching and rooting for you. He's going, go church, go church, I'm watching and I'm rooting for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, we're fellow laborers in this issue. Let me, let me give you a Scripture here, uh, and as, as this continues— um, he says in verse 17, that was verse 14, he says, And as for thee, if you will walk before me as David your father walked before me, according to all that I have commanded thee, then you shall observe my statutes and my judgments. So it's an action that we need to do, not just sit in a peanut gallery. He says, if you walk before me as David. Now, David did some walking, but he also did some warfare. And so one of the things that we have to be willing to do is whatever God says to do, and the warfare may not be literally going out and doing something of turbulence, but it's definitely being willing to speak God's mind when we get the opportunity and to bring people close to us and minister to them uh, the ministry of God's love. But also, it's a tough love this time. Right now, this is time for a tough tough love within the church and also outside of the church. So this, this is not an opportunity for us to say, okay, we've, we've confessed our sins, we've turned from our wicked ways. What are you going to do now, God? He's saying, what are you going to do now, church? Fred, I'm handing it over to you. Fred Berry. Well, now that, that's the most important aspect of our prayer life is how we walk after we pray. Good. And so the Bible clearly tells us that the world's going to know that the Father sent the Son by a love one for another. And so we've got to walk together in unity. There's no such thing as a black church or a white church. There's one church, the body of Christ, 
and we meet in different places, different neighborhoods, we have different languages, but we are one. And so when we begin to walk together as one in the earth so that the world can see our love one for another, then they're going to know that the Father sent the Son. And so that's an unusual lifestyle for Christians who, one, are not perfect, that we can forgive each other. Yes. We can humbly come to each other and say, hey, listen, you know, uh, I've been digging in our history, and I, I think we, we caused this problem. Can we come together and can we repent? Can we pray together? And can we work together to rid our communities of this, this, this issue of racism? And so uh, that's part of our work. But there, there's a warfare associated with that because once we come together in unity, then we're going to need to begin to be bold and courageous. We ought, we ought to be the ones standing uh, and protecting the police in prayer and with our voices. You don't defund the police. Uh, the policemen are members of our community. They're members of our church. You can't tear down these statues. These statues represent our history and heritage. But we got to do it as one voice. And so the enemy has been very clever in separating us according to ethnic lines and, um, you know, our economic differences. And so this, this is what happened at Azusa Street in 1906. They were so confounded, they wrote a newspaper article in 1906 about Azusa Street, that they were meeting on Azusa Street. They were laying hands on each other. They were touching each other, black people, white people. They wrote a terrible article about Azusa Street, but they also noted that when they came together, they prophesied, and they said there was going to be an earthquake in San Francisco. And as soon as that newspaper came out, the very next day, oh the San Francisco earthquake happened, and it scared people. This is what kind of people are this? Today, they love each other. There's no racism among them, and they can say something, and it happens. That's the power of unity. Wow. And, you know, I sense that some of these things, God God wants to intervene, and he wants his people to be outspoken that God will intervene, but it's not just a little passive this or that. He wants us to be de- declarative and entrust him to invade our declarations. If our declarations are anointed by Holy Spirit, and we say these things not out of our own power, but if God stirs us to say these things, be bold, That's enter right. into his presence with thanksgiving and praise, but entrust him to speak his voice through you. But it, it, this is a major step for a lot of people, Fred. It's a ma- major step because right. we're used to saying, oh, the pastor will take care of it. Oh, uh, you know, th- this leader will take care of it. And God's saying, over. yeah, he's, God's saying, yeah, a leader will take care of it, but that leader is you. So that, 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 that's the apprehension that many people are going through right now. Would you mind speaking to that? Because my, my listening friend, you are called for this time. You were built for this time, right. and you just need to be able to hear God's voice. And this is once you have confessed your sins and you've walked away, that's not the issue anymore. Because sometimes if we are just proclaiming things and we haven't done our duty to allow ourselves to be cleansed first, then it's a dice shoot at best. But here, here's right. what God wants to do. He wants to say, give me my uh, uh, con- convinced, uh, you know, heart-cleaned people and let them open their mouth and see what I can do right. through them. Go ahead, Fred. Well, first of all, we need to recognize that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but Good. principalities, powers, and, and wickedness in high places. And so we're not wrestling with Gavin. Uh, Newsom. We're not wrestling with uh, the Democratic Party. 
We're wrestling with principalities and powers. And so with that, we need to know that God has given us the responsibility. He's given us the equipment. We have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shoes of the gospel peace, and the shield of faith, and prayer. And so when we begin to come together in prayer, you're going to find out that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. And that needs to be uh, actualized. That needs to be manifested. And so there are things that are going to happen in these last days that are going to require the church to stand up and say no more. No more can you tell us we can't sing in churches. That That's uh, just ridiculous that somebody would, would say that to us and not say that to uh, uh, a baseball team or a football team, people shouting. And so we've got to begin to be, come together in one voice, declare Jesus Christ is Lord, and we have to declare that uh, we have the victory already by our love. We can say, hey, we're going to break this spirit of racism right now. I'm going and I'm taking my brothers and sisters from the suburban community and the yes. urban community, and we're going to face that crowd and tell them Jesus loves you, and look at us. We all used to be like you, and God has delivered us, and we're of every ethnicity, race, language, creed, and color, and, and be the example. That's right. Fred, we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break, but my listening friend, here's the thing. No matter what denomination you are, what, what, I'm, I'm going to re- rephrase this, whatever godly denomination you are, God wants to use you within that denomination. And, of course, each denomination has its strengths and weaknesses. We have to confess how we may have missed the mark along the way. But that's why God has put another denomination or another brother who's not of your same denomination side by side because together, you know, if one can chase a 1,000, 10,000. So Fred and I are going to talk in this last segment. Uh, we're, we're going to also pray over you and entrust that God uses you side by side, left to right, top to bottom with other people. And let's see what God does through us. We're in vital times, and we just need to hear and obey. And that's the directive for a contrite and brokenhearted bunch of believers so God can really use us to his glory. So, Fred, are you game for that in the next segment? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'll go right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I kind of knew that. My listening friend, Fred Berry, who, who's loaded and, and ready to let her rip, and Kaz will come <laughs> right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. I guess you can tell my listening friend that Fred Berry is one of my favorites as the director of the Azusa Street Mission. I guess you can discover why he is one of my favorites. He, he no holds barred with him. He tells it right like it is. And uh, that's refreshing. A lot of people go, the, the, you might hedge around by saying this or that. But, uh, Fred Berry goes, here's how it is. Here's how Scripture is. Um, talk to the Lord if you don't like it. I love that, Fred. <laughs> I love it. So l- let me set, set this segment up because this is the last segment. And I want, to, I want mm-hmm. to take everything that we said in the first three segments and give people, you know, this is the call to action. This is the time for people when they've heard all about the stuff that happened in Azusa Street, all the things that happened about us being willing to 
give of ourselves and say, we've, we've sinned, Father, come in and heal us and heal our land. The heal our land part is what needs to happen now, and part of the heal our land falls upon our shoulders as obedient kids of the Most High God. So I'm, I want you to be willing to um, speak closing phrases to our listeners, but also end with prayer for empowerment for our listening friends, because it's time not only to hear what God wants us to do, but to be activated into it. Before we do that, can you give me a website or a way that people can find out more about um, Azusa Street Mission and see? I, I need people to see your wife's smiling face, too, because they, they need to know the other other part of the equation. So what website, uh, Fred Berry? You can reach us at azusastreetmission.org. That's A-Z-U-S-A streetmission.org, all spelled out all one word, azusastreetmission.org. That's right. And the beautiful one is Wilma. Wilma. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I want you to, you know, as a preacher sees that the clock is winding down, they need to do kind of a summary and then pray for empowerment of the people based on the message that they preached. So I'm going to hand it over to you and uh, at, at about five minutes until the top of the hour, we're done. So uh, lay it on us because you're a minister of the word, and so you've Amen. stirred hearts. Where would we take it from here? Uh, Fred, Fred Berry uh, of Azusa Street Mission. Amen. I want to challenge all of you today, as you've heard the scripture in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, that when you pray and you get up off your knees and you've repented, and, and this repentance is turning from the wicked ways, doesn't necessarily have to be what you did, but what we as a body of Christ have done. If we recognize that and walk together, this walk, after we get up off of our knees, needs to be in unity. We need to walk together. The world needs to see that we're one. We're one in Christ Jesus. We're neither Jew or Greek, male or female, rich or poor. We're one in Him. And this walk, according to Ephesians chapter 4, it says that we're going to walk worthy of the vocation where you are called. And so many of you are called. You know, uh, I'm called to the nations. I've been around the world many times. But, you know, we need moms. We yes. need dads. We need policemen that love the Lord. We need judges and, you know, politicians who love the Lord. But the Bible says here, it says in verse 2 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, you know, this walk needs to be with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering for bearing one another in love, mm. endeav- endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so this is our walk after our prayer, is that we're walking humbly, we're forbearing one another in love, we're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. That means we've got to listen to each other. Yeah. You know, there's a script in one community and another community I remember uh, just recently I was up in uh, Northern California, and they were trying to uh, promote marijuana business up there, and they brought me in because I know the pastors in Compton, and Compton had kicked the marijuana growers and distributors out of the inner city because they knew the perils and the dangers of marijuana. And I came up there in that that suburban community, farm growers, and I gave a testimony. We broke the back of, of uh, those marijuana growers up there, and then God set fires and burned them out. <laughs> but, oh you know, when we walk together in unity, we get the victory. And so I'm saying this so we can understand. I want you to hear my voice. 
My, my concern for the body of Christ is that we're not walking together in unity. Mm. That walk of black and white, Hispanic, male, female, rich and poor, that love that keeps us together. Now, it's, it is an endeavor. That means, that means it's, we're going to have to strain every nerve because we don't all like each other. We don't have to like each other, but we got to love each other. Ooh. Whether you like me or not, you got to love me because I'm going to be with you in heaven. <laughs> so, this is the most important aspect of our life in Christ Jesus because then after that, the Bible says that he gave us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the body of Christ is going to grow because we who are pastors, five-fold ministers, we're equipping people, dads, moms, policemen, school teachers, to be able to do the work of ministry. The ministry was never meant to be done by the five-fold. It was meant to be done by the people that are living a regular life, working and being a witness in the world. And so until we come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And so if we come to know Jesus, we're going to find that Jesus is Lord in the school system, he's Lord in the government system, in uh, sports entertainment. And so he's given us a word that will bring perfection or bring maturity to the body of Christ that the world's going to see the fullness of Jesus Christ in us. That's right. Can you even imagine that? Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make another comment and uh, ask you to uh, uh, to communicate in that light, and then we'll close this segment. My listening friend, uh, Fred Berry, is a guy who tells it like it is. He's a he's a, a knowledgeable person, not only in history but in Scripture, as you can tell. But even beyond that, he hears the voice of God from within his heart, and he is not afraid to voice that. And here, here's the thing, my friend. I think Fred was talking about whether you're a mom, a dad, or you're, you know, in government or a police officer or whatever it is, uh, you need to move out in what your calling is. And some of the things that, uh, that, uh, Fred didn't mention are just who you are. You know, there are a lot of things that you may do that really there's nobody else does them like you, or if other people do them, they do do them like you. You're exactly who you are meant to be if you hear God's voice and obey in this. But the thing is, you can't go out as kind of the Lone Ranger and saying, uh, it's my obligation to save the world. It is God's desire for his church to be instrumental in bringing his witness to the world. So that means you have to tighten down your relationships horizontally with other people, whether they're of your denomination or not, whether they're of your skill set or your job definition or not, because when people see you, you're totally different from the other person standing beside you, and they say, behold how they love one another. That is going to be the key for changing lives. Fred, I'm going to hand it to you. We've got about a minute and a half. If you want to end in prayer or declaration, it's up to you. Fred Berry, the director of the Azusa Street Mission. By the way, if we don't have a chance to say this, I want to say right now, Fred, what an honor to co-labor with you. (laughs) Handing it off to you, Fred Berry. Well, now, I want to just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everyone that's listening today. I thank you that you're speaking to their hearts and their minds, and you're convicting them of whatever lack that has been missing in their lives, uh, prayerlessness or uh, even overt uh, disobedience. I think that you're going to draw them closer to you so that they can be a witness. I thank you for the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man 
is going to avail much. So I think that their prayer life, their talking to you is going to begin to grow. And when they talk to you, you're going to give them the instructions that they need. You're going to give them the wisdom that they need. You're even going to give them the words that they need to speak. When people ask them what what is this thing called Christianity, you're going to put your word in their mouth. So I think that the Holy Spirit is going to bring it to their remembrance. You're going to reveal the mystery of your will for them. And I thank you for moms and dads. I thank you for those uh, family units that God's going to use to raise up godly children that will shoot them back as arrows into the school mm-hmm. system. I think that you're raising up a great church now. I thank you for releasing the army of the Lord into the earth, equipped them with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shoes of the gospel of peace, and the shield of faith, and launch them as they join together like the old Roman army, shoulder to shoulder, and let there be a sound of oneness walking in the earth, and let the enemies be terrified because the victory belongs to the Lord, and we are with him, and he is with us. Somebody say hallelujah and amen. Hallelujah and amen. You know what I'm going to do right now to close this show, the way that I started the show, with a shofar blast, and a shofar blast is something that stirs the kids of God to rise up and hear and obey and look out world because God is working through his kids unified together. My listening friend, thank you for joining Fred Berry and I on this last hour of Come Together San Diego. By the way, the name of the show is Come Together San Diego. (laughs) So I'm going to blow the shofar now as we transition from this. Next week we have more good stuff, so don't go away. Next Saturday at the same time. By the way, it's time for us to hear and obey. And thank you, Fred, and here we go. I can do better than that. (laughs) Come on, you can do it. So long, my friends, and God bless you. Hello. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.